I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. To Nuggets Numbers. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Friday as you get me on a pretty weird day in this bonus episode of Nuggets Numbers covering for the dig today. They had some things come up this week, so just wanted to fill in the spot for them and give them the time off. And I thought, hey, this is a great time to start talking about the All-Star game because All-Star ballots or All-Star voting from the fans was just released and or for the second round of ballots excuse me and I thought it would be a good idea to talk about the Western Conference All-Star team because I know that some people especially Nuggets fans interested in Nikola Jokic's uh, candidacy interested in if Jamal Murray can get in or anybody else they'd be interested in listening to some thoughts about the All-Star game specifically the the NBA specifically is in a really weird time right now where a lot of their stars are clustered in a major market in Los Angeles. You've got LeBron James and Anthony Davis with the Lakers, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers. Even though Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson are injured, they're with the Warriors still. D'Angelo Russell is there. He's a guy that actually may have a chance for the All-Star game this year, but I actually left him off my ballot But he's a guy that I think everybody kind of forgets about. Everybody understandably forgets about because the Warriors have been out of sight, out of mind since Curry has been out. But the the NBA is in a really funky position right now in terms of marketing their product, in terms of the popularity of the sport. So much of the viewership, especially in the Western Conference, is clustered in one state, California. The NBA has done a pretty good job of marketing Luka Doncic, of making sure that he gets onto TV as much as possible. They tried to do the same with Zion Williamson. Unfortunately, he got injured, and that was a pretty big blow to the national landscape, I would say. Kevin Durant left the Warriors, and the Warriors kind of dropped off. So there's been a drop in viewership, and the one of the main ways to recover that is to make the product more interesting, make the product more engaging. So the All-Star Game is a pretty big part of that, where fans get to have a say in who gets to play, who gets to start. We've seen players like Taco Fall, the, the seven foot seven center for the Boston Celtics, receive a lot of votes. We've seen Alex Caruso, the backup guard for the Lakers, who's averaging like five minutes per game and just making one random highlight play every now and then he's in the top 10 in voting for the Western Conference guards so so much of the viewership right now is really captured in a couple of states 
in a couple of markets. And with so much of that energy focused on those markets, it's it's teams like Denver. It seems like uh, the Indiana Pacers in the Eastern Conference or Let's think about some other teams. It was Dallas for a while, but Minnesota with Carl Anthony Towns, Milwaukee even. Though Giannis gets a lot of attention, he doesn't get as much attention as guys like Harden and Doncic and LeBron and Anthony Davis on a consistent basis. Kawhi Leonard even. Those guys are always going to get more attention. And we've seen so much talk with Giannis and with people discussing his free agency in 2021. The same was true for Anthony Davis with his free agency last year. He's a free agent in 2020, but people started talking about his his stuff and why it was really important to figure that out. And so many people were connecting the dots and trying to put him in LA. So many people have tried to do the same thing with Giannis. They're thinking when LeBron retires, when if uh, if Curry can recruit Giannis to another California city, so much of that popularity has been clustered over there. And it's, it's made the popularity contest that is the All-Star game a really weird spot. So I thought I would take to Twitter and ask some of my followers who they would vote into the All-Star game. Just kind of Eliminating all bias here as much as possible. I know so many people follow the Nuggets that are following me, so I know that Jokic received some extra love that I don't know if he would receive nationally. But I thought it'd be really interesting to conduct a little experiment and and kind of do the polls ourselves, just to just to get a good idea of who the fans really want in the All Star Game that are following not a major market. So. I'm going to do that first. We're going to talk about that Twitter exercise. I kind of calculated that data out. And then I'm going to talk about some of those results. And then I'm going to, in the next segment, talk about my personal ballots because I think that's pretty important. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Twitter rankings. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we're back. Nuggets numbers. Bonus episode here. It's going to be shorter than usual. Again, going to rank some some of the Twitter stuff that I that I posted. I posted a little exercise on Twitter and asked people to respond with their all-stars, their all-star ballots. Five starters, two guards, three front court players, seven reserves, another two guards, another three front court players, and two wild cards. And the results I got were interesting. I compiled all of this data, put it onto an Excel sheet, and then calculated my own little little point chart for who would receive the the All-Star nominations. And so 
got I got a small number of ballots, so it's not like this is going to be super accurate or anything like that, but I thought it would be really interesting to do this and talk about which players are locks, which players people really want to see in the game versus which ones are kind of on the fringes and and who the some of the storylines that we could see if some people are left off. So without further ado, the unanimous choices for the starters this year were James Harden, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. So the two guard spots were filled by Harden and Doncic, and that was made a lot easier with Stephen Curry being injured this year. Most of the time, he's going to command so much of the attention. And with the leap that Doncic has made, it would have been really interesting to see the kind of the three-way battle between Harden, Luka, and Curry for all-star voting. Damian Lillard's having a great season, but he's just not in that caliber right now. I thought that that was was pretty interesting to watch, and had Curry been playing and their team been in the playoff picture, then I think he would have made it really interesting, and one of those guys would have been kind of knocked off the ballot, and that would have been quite the experience for, I'm sure. Again, LeBron and Davis were the two front court guys that were unanimous. The two non-unanimous guys that also received front court starter votes were Kawhi Leonard and Nikola Jokic. And that's kind of understandable because that's that's really where I came down to on those on that last starter spot. The Los Angeles Lakers starters have earned their spots. They've played a lot of games, Davis and LeBron, and though Davis just got injured and though LeBron is slowing down just a little bit of late, they've both earned their spots. The The Lakers are the top seed, and it's not really close right now. They've only lost seven games as a team, and that's that's really important. That's a really important thing for me. I really prioritize winning and then stats, so that's a that's a big deal. And they've both been great, and I I think that they've both been great for different reasons, but each of them has been super impactful, and I think it's very deserved that they get there. But back to Kawhi and Jokic, that was a, a really interesting fact that Jokic was the only other player other than Kawhi to gain an all-star starter vote. And listening to Zach Lowe of ESPN debate this with Howard Beck yesterday, they had the same sort of debate. And I thought it was really interesting that Zach Lowe ended up picking Nikola Jokic at this point, and that may change. And if Jokic falls off a cliff, then maybe it goes back to Kawhi, or if Kawhi gets injured or or misses too many more games, then maybe he gets left off of this thing. But when you talk about Kawhi versus Jokic, it's a really interesting debate, and there are pros and cons to each of those choices. You could either go with Kawhi. He's got the elite production. He's averaging 25 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. One of his best seasons ever. Uh, It's really hard to argue with that production and with the kind of defender that he is. And he's been one of the the main face on that LA team. Though they're in the anti-Kawhi section, he's missed 10 of their 38 games. He's had down efficiency. He's been aided by another all-star during that time. Uh, Paul George, though he has come late, has been awesome. George has been has just been wonderful. So there are some pros and some cons to Kawhi, just like there are some pros and some cons to Jokic. Jokic has a borderline elite production. I wouldn't call it quite elite, but it's it's really close. He's at 19, 10, and 6 right now. His efficiency is higher than Kawhi. He's missed no games. He's been really clutch. 
unfortunately, there are some definite concerns there. He skipped much of November, and he's gone through a lot of phases of passive play, and it's getting to the point where you see him playing as well as he does, and that's a that's a problem for when he's not playing as well as he can because he has showcased the ability on a consistent basis to take over a game and while he has a different mentality while he's trying to play for the playoffs and and conserve some of his energy these last two games him scoring 47 points against Atlanta and him scoring 33 points in the game winner against Dallas, I think they really show that he had the capability to step up in some of these situations that Denver lost in. Uh, the first time Denver faced Atlanta, he was one of eight from three and didn't and didn't step up to the table there. He had an opportunity to do so and couldn't do it. Against the Sacramento Kings, the, the Nuggets have had a lot of close games in the first one. Jokic was really bad. He, he had an opportunity to go right at Rashawn Holmes, who's a smaller player, uh, Nemanja Bielitsa, guys, guys of that caliber who Jokic could bury right under the basket if he wanted to on a consistent basis, but he was just out of rhythm and not really feeling it. And, and the Nuggets lost as a result because they rely on their star player to be really good. And sometimes he is amazing. Sometimes he's an MVP candidate, but sometimes it's not as good. Um, the defense is also not as great as Kawhi's. That's a, I think that's a pretty understandable factor there. But again, Jokic has pros and cons, just like any other choice, and just like Kawhi Leonard does. So he's also hasn't missed a game. That's a, that's a pretty big deal. So I picked one of those two guys. Find out in the next segment who I picked in my all-star ballot. Um, so as for the rest of this exercise... Actually, I, I'll just run through how Twitter voted right now. They voted Harden and Doncic as the starters at guard, LeBron, Davis, and Kawhi as the starters in the front court. The backcourt guard players uh, in or the, the backcourt reserves, they had Damian Lillard well above Chris Paul, and Chris Paul and Donovan Mitchell were tied for their position. So Mitchell received a wild card spot because he was one ahead of the wild card spot for Booker and Gobert. Um, but so you had Chris Paul, Donovan Mitchell make it in the front court. Jokic, Paul George, and Carl Anthony Towns were voted in. Those guys have been stellar, no doubt. Uh, and then again, the two wild card spots. You had Donovan Mitchell take one. And then there was a tie between Devin Booker and Rudy Gobert. Uh, each of them had eight votes, or well, uh, whatever, whatever the voting total was. It was uh, they were they each had the same number of reserve votes and no starter votes from the Twitter uh, mafia that I have assembled. And I think that's pretty interesting that that it played out this way. Paul George, I think, is a deserving piece. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, in the minutes that he has played, has been really good. Uh, Chris Paul is an interesting one, and, and I think he definitely needs representation with the with the Oklahoma City Thunder and the way that they've played. Damian Lillard is 100% deserving. Even though he's played on a bad team, he has not been the reason they've been bad. And and that's kind of where I'd, I have the line of demarcation there. If he's contributing to how bad they are, then he doesn't deserve to be there. But he has been the one guy, really, who has been consistent on that team. More consistent than C.J. McCollum, 
Uh, Hassan Whiteside hasn't been great. They're relying on Carmelo Anthony. That's kind of a big deal. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries to Nurkic, uh, Zach Collins, Rodney Hood went out. That's a, there's a big deal there. So, um, and then that last wild card spot, we'll talk about the the Rudy Gobert versus Devin Booker debate. I think is really interesting. I wonder who fans would prefer to see in that game because I think that's a really classic example of one player being a highlight player in Devin Booker and garnering a lot of highlights and and love through the way that he plays offensively versus a guy like Rudy Gobert who does a lot of dirty work and maybe a better player but isn't probably as entertaining for an all-star game format and so people probably have to take that into account in some regard and so if Donovan Mitchell gets in, then maybe Rudy Gobert doesn't get in. You have one or both of those guys. I think they're both deserving. And so I will talk about who I put on my personal ballot in the next segment. But there were no ver- there were no votes for any other nugget, no votes for Jamal Murray. And that's not necessarily a concern for Jamal Murray by any means. But I think it's pretty clear based off of these tallies based off of the general landscape of the NBA right now, that Jamal Murray is not an all-star level player. It's too bad. I think a lot of people would want him to be kind of on that track or or breaking into that by his fourth season. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's broken in as, as these his third season. He was nearly there last year as well. Um, and Mitchell and Booker have had better seasons, quite quite plainly. Uh, They are more deserving candidates than Jamal Murray at this point. And Murray's had a lot of opportunity to be able to do that. And I've, I've harped on certain things that I think he could improve in his game. I think he has improved his defense, and that's a big deal. But the consistency just hasn't been there. If you look at his numbers between last year and this year, it's actually pretty startling how close they are together right now. He's averaging basically the same number of points the same number of assists, the same number of rebounds. Um, just to confirm that, yeah, he's, I mean, 18.2 points last year to 17.7 this year. But let's go to per, per 36 because he's played a little bit less. 20.1 points per 36 last year, 19.8 points per 36 this year, 5.3 assists last year, 5.4 assists this year. Uh, his field goal percentage is really funny. It was 43.7% last year. this year. He's taking less threes and making less threes this year. And he's taking the same number of twos and making more them more frequently this year. He's also making more free throws. So good on him for recovering there. But the true shooting percentage is 53.8% last year, 53.9% this year. So if there's one thing that I would say that Jamal Murray can work on to get to that all-star level, it is raising his efficiency. It's just not going to cut it at his current volume level as a second option in Denver's offense. If if Denver's going to continue to run this Jokic offense, and I think they should, that's, that's there's a pretty clear reason why Denver has been so good over these last few weeks is because Nikola Jokic has come to play and they've continued to run less of Murray overall and more of everybody else, more of Will Barton, more of Gary Harris, even if it hasn't worked every time, it's worked most of the time. His defense has definitely improved, Jamal Murray, but that's just never going to be enough in these conversations. We're talking about 
Donovan Mitchell, who's averaging 25 points per game. Murray's averaging 18. People are going to look at that, and even coaches are going to look at that and say, oh, man, Donovan Mitchell's definitely having a better season than Jamal Murray, and they wouldn't be wrong. They they definitely wouldn't be wrong, and that's just something that if Murray's not going to get more shots, he has to make more shots frequently. It just has to happen if that's what he wants to do, and I think he wants to be an all-star and put that pressure on himself, so... All right, end of my Jamal Murray rant. When we come back, I'm going to share my personal ballot. It is different from what Twitter voted on, and I think it's pretty interesting to find the differences here. So we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We're back. Nuggets numbers. Ryan Blackburn here. Bonus episode of Nuggets numbers on this Friday. Having a great time with it. So let's move to my personal all-star ballot because I think it's it's a different ballot than people are probably expecting. People will probably expect me to put Nikola Jokic as a starter. And I didn't. I honestly didn't. So, But more on that in just a second. My principles for this Winning is the most important factor, followed by a player's impact on winning. Not the individual stats, not the level of efficiency even. I am I just care about how much they impact winning. If you're on a losing team, you better be putting up elite stats, and you better be having a positive impact on your team even without that. If you're on a winning team, you get a small little, rep- little reprieve if your stats aren't as, as elite as some of the other bench guys so are some of the uh, some of the other non-playoff team players so let's move into it the starters i was like nba twitter where i also put in james harden luka Doncic, lebron james and anthony davis and i also put in Kawhi leonard i thought it was really important to credit what Kawhi has done when he's been on the floor i frown upon his keeping his body healthy less than I frown upon Jokic kind of going into a shell in some of his games. If you've listened to this podcast before, I have defended Jokic to the moon, and I think he's an all-star player. I think he's clearly capable. And if somebody told me that Nikola Jokic made the all-star game as a starter over Kawhi Leonard, then I wouldn't argue with it because, quite frankly, he could deserve it. It's, it's very close, but in the end, I put in Kawhi Leonard. I think it's important for Kawhi to definitely be that fifth starter. Jokic will pick up some votes from the media and maybe some players. That's how it's calculated. It's 50% fan voting, I'm pretty sure. Maybe it's 25, but part of it is fan voting. Part of it is from the players themselves, and part of it is from select media members. So 
Maybe Jokic gets voted over over Kawhi because he's played in every game and Kawhi hasn't. But it is a point of pride, I think, that Kawhi, when he has been playing, has been a really, really, really good player for the Los Angeles Clippers. And they're right behind the Nuggets in terms of standing. So I don't use that in my kind of calculus here for picking a starter. So Kawhi gets in. My bench guards were Damian Lillard and Chris Paul. So kind of like NBA Twitter, where we're still going chalk here. Damian Lillard and Chris Paul have been the third and fourth best guards, in my opinion. Damian Lillard has clearly been the third, and I think Chris Paul, though he hasn't been clearly the best, is has separated himself given what he's been able to do. Lillard, as I talked about in the first segment, he's having career-high efficiency despite playing with Carmelo Anthony and Hassan Whiteside, and even though they haven't been an above 500 team, he deserves to represent Portland because he has been really good. He's been better than some of the guards that are below him, and he should not be penalized for that. I think people want to see Lillard in the game because of what he can do, because he can pull up from 35 feet and dunk on somebody, and that's a that's a pretty entertaining player if you ask me. As for Chris Paul, the Thunder just reserve they deserve representation in the All-Star game and CP3 has been their best player. He's been a great leader, great defender. He has been very clutch this year. He's been making a ton of mid-range jumpers in the clutch. And that's what you need sometimes. You sometimes you need a player to get to their spots like Nikola Jokic gets in the post or or hits a top of the key three. Those are his spots. Chris Paul's is to navigate the elbows, is to navigate the mid-range, and sometimes he'll get all the way to the rim and maybe throw up a, a small floater. Sometimes he will step back and hit a long two or a long three, but a lot of times he's right at the elbows, and he's been great. He's been awesome there, and there's a reason that the Thunder are quite clearly in the playoff picture right now, and he is one of those reasons. The bench front court players I have are Nikola Jokic, of course. I think he gets the nod very clearly. He's a clear choice as the engine of the Western Conference team with currently the second best record. Denver deserves that representation, of course, kind of like Oklahoma City deserves their representation just in a different way. I also have Paul George. I think he has been really good since coming back. The the shooting inside the arc hasn't been great. But outside the arc, he has been one of the best shooters in the NBA. Shooting over nine threes a game, making nearly 40% of them. Still a solid defender. Has been in a situation a lot of the time where Kawhi is sitting while he's playing. So he's had to work his way into a new situation. I think he's done that really well. He deserves to be there. He's averaging close to a career high in true shooting percentage as well. Because he's taking and making a lot of those threes. And that's just such a really important piece of this. And it would probably be wrong to not vote him in just based off of what he's done so far. The final front court spot is going to surprise a lot of people. I have Rudy Gobert in my final front court spot. And it really comes down to the winning aspect. It comes down to Gobert's impact and what he's been able to do in terms of captaining a captaining a Utah defense and the Utah team as a whole, where they're playing Boyan Bogdanovich at the power forward position. They're playing Joe Ingles at the power forward position. Those are not great defenders, especially of guys with size. But 
Utah has still been a good defense, and they've been able to raise their offensive profile in that stead. Especially with their recent surge, they've won seven in a row, nine of their last ten. They're now tied for fourth in the West with Houston and ahead of Dallas. <coughs> and to me, that's a that's a really important piece of this. Gobert missed it last year by a hair. He shouldn't have to miss it this year with the way he's played. With the way that Utah's played, they've really come on of late. And I feel pretty bad about giving them a second All-Star, but in the in the wild card section, I also gave them Donovan Mitchell. Because I think he just he just deserves it over a lot of the other guys. His production has helped Utah become a better offense this year. Over the last two weeks, they've been the number one offense on cleaning the glass. Just had a really elite offensive time. And some of that is Boyan Bogdanovich being really good as a scorer, but he doesn't really do a lot of other things. And Mitchell has been the guy who's really stepped up in the in the stead of Mike Conley, who's been super injured, who hasn't looked as great when he's been on the floor. That's a big deal. And they get two All-Stars, and, and I don't think anybody can really argue with that. Like, which other team is getting two All-Stars that doesn't deserve it? You've got the Lakers, you've got the Clippers... Denver doesn't really have a deserving guy as the second piece, at least over Mitchell. Uh, Houston does not have a deserving piece because Russell Westbrook has actually not been great for them. It's it's very clear, in my opinion, that he hasn't been as good as, as needed. You could technically put in Towns, but I'm going to put in Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker. I think it's that's really funny, and, and I'm actually leaving Towns off of my ballot. I think Booker really deserves this nod. He has made a ton of improvements to his game, and he's actually been better on defense than the advanced stats generally suggest. His efficiency has been otherworldly as well compared to the amount of shots that he takes. He is just below the the LeBron seasons, the Durant seasons, and the Curry seasons in terms of prime level of scoring efficiency. Like, with as many shots as he takes and as much of the attention that he takes for his scoring, he is still making a ton of shots. Very skilled with the ball. The exact kind of player, the exact kind of guard that teams want, or that players and uh, fans want to see in the All-Star game because of what he's been able to do. And I left out Carl Anthony Towns. Why did I leave out Carl Anthony Towns? Because he's missed 14 games. That's a lot of time. He's missed nearly 40% of Minnesota's season so far. That's a big deal to me. He has also been putting up great numbers, and if he was putting up great numbers still, like with only 10 games missed or 8 games or 6 games, then I would I would leave him on there. But the T-Wolves and the Suns, are, they're only a game in part in terms of standing, so we can't, like in previous years, put... Carl Anthony Towns over Devin Booker because he because he has had a larger impact on winning. I don't think he has. I think those guys have been very similar, and their cases have been very similar, and I'm going to reward the guy who's played more and has had more opportunities to carry the load for his team. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this goes. To recap my ballot, I had James Harden, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi Leonard as the starters. I had Lillard and Chris Paul as my bench guards. I had Jokic, George, and Gobert as my bench front court. 
and in my wild card slots, I had Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker. Leaving out Carl Anthony Towns, leaving out Russell Westbrook, Brandon Ingram should get a shout here, but I don't think he deserves it either. There are some weird, funky things with what he's doing, and I think Booker's just honestly been better than him, and that's there's no shame in that. Devin Booker's had a really good offensive year, so it's all good. That's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. Let me know whether you agree with my ballot or the Twitter ballot on Twitter and or Denver Stiffs tomorrow when I post this episode. It's going to be interesting. That's going to do it here. Keep it tuned into Denver Stiffs and the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. We will not have another episode until Monday where uh, Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross start out the week with the Pickaxe Show. But... Keep it tuned into Denver Stiffs, and I will see you guys next week.